For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening and leading the line from the front wearing the captain's armband once again is Cole. So Cole, how have things been in the past week? Yeah, not too that not too bad, Dan. Cray crazy times, but uh, it's good to get some Spurs talking, uh, and uh, I'm sure this one will, will make us all feel a bit better by the end of it. Yeah, fingers crossed that should be the case. Also joining us or rejoining us from his scouting trip last week is James. So James, how have you been since we last spoke? Yeah, like Cole says, everything's a little bit crazy, isn't it? Um, I'm no football this weekend, and um, yeah. I'm having to talk to my family for a week. Uh, yeah, good to be back on the pod. And also joining us this week is the return of Holly. So, Holly, how have you been? I hope all is well, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, glad to be back on again. And like you say, it's been an absolute madness outside of football and things. Hopefully, we can restore a little bit of normality this evening because we're going to chat all things Tottenham. So, before we do, let's get the social media bits out of the way so we can dissect just about everything that's happened in the past week or what hasn't happened, should I say. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Common Use Spurs app where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COIS underscore COM. And we're also on all the major audio platforms, which is Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. You name it, we're on there. Right then, let's get down to business. And that business is that there's no business, but the show must go on. And although there's not a great deal of, I guess, on-pitch action to discuss, we can have something else up our sleeves this week. So, Carl, I think it's fair to say that no one here really wants to gloss over another defeat. So do you mind if we leave RB Leipzig to one side and discuss our summer transfer business instead? I think that seems a sensible thing to do, mate, because if anyone watched that RB Leipzig game, I certainly don't think you want to relive it. No, let's part that one. Let's look ahead. And what we're going to do is play the game Stick or Twist. A really simple premise. I'm going to offer up some players and you decide, you three, whether you want to stick, which is obviously keep, or twist, sell in this upcoming transfer window, whenever it may be. Might be the summer. Who knows? It could be any time in the future. Right. So let's start with some obvious ones. I'm not going to insult your intelligence. So let's say that Harry Kane and Hume Min Songs are players that we automatically stick. You know, there's no way that any of us four would sell those players. However, James, with no football being played, the Colin Minches are only getting loud at the moment because they've got to fill it with something. That means Harry Kane's being linked with the move away with a little bit more regularity than one would hope. So how much credence should you be giving to those reports that I guess are rather unconfirmed at the moment? No, I, I don't think we've got we've got too much to worry about really. Um, I think it's just, you know, journalists trying to trying to fill their papers and there's not a lot for, for them to talk about at the moment, so so why not? splash a, a page about Harry Kane leaving Tottenham um, to, to get Tottenham fans worried. You know, they, they know that it is something that does worry us. Uh, we, we've had half a season without Harry Kane and it hasn't been fun. So imagine losing him for uh, forever for him to, to leave. It, it's, it's a very scary thought. Um, it's an easy way of them getting clicks. Uh, so I, I don't think we have to worry about it too much. I think Harry's a, is a Tottenham lad through and through. Um, and I think it'd take more than a season and a half of, of awful football for him to, to jump ship and, and, and go somewhere else. Um, that said, I think it, if it continues the way it's the way it's going for another season, maybe two two seasons, then we would have to have to worry a bit more about Kane leaving because he's a world class player. He he deserves to be playing top quality football. 
he deserves to be winning things. So, um, you know, not quite yet, but I think we, we, we could we could worry at some point um, about Harry leaving. But uh, not not this summer for me. No, I think he's he needs more than that to jump ship. Right, let's crack on to uh, the goalkeepers first then, Cole. You can have Hugo Lloris. He's 33. Would you stick or would you twist? Uh, right now, I would twist, I think. I think we're in a position where, for me personally, I think we need to be looking for a new number one going forward. Um, and the other night also kind of, again, you know, Lloris didn't cover himself in glory the other night, did he, with the two kind of saves. You know, the second one, the header, you can kind of say that's a difficult one. It was so quick. But the first one was definitely a bad error. Um, obviously, he's been great for us. There's no doubt in that. You know, he's been a brilliant goalkeeper. One of the, you know, one of the best in the Premier League. I don't think that can be argued with. But I think, you know, time is catching up with him. And I think we, you know, there could be a possibility that while you might still get a transfer fee, I, I again, would cash in on those players like that now and potentially look to the future. Well, if you go by the website Transfer Marks, they always have their own sort of values. They reckon he's 18 million. I don't think you'll get that for him, but I think there is elements of sort of cash in, money to be made. With that in mind, Holly, if Lloris does move on, does that mean Gazaniga is your number one or do you need a new goalkeeper in the summer? Oh, that's a tough one. I think when Lloris was obviously out for that time at the start of the season, I think Gazaniga did really step up. Yes, OK, he does make a few errors. He's not consistent. But I don't know, for me, I, I quite like him. And I don't know if many other Spurs fans like him as, just as much as me. But I don't know, can he step up to the mark? I'm not quite sure. It's a tough one. Maybe see if we can get someone in that's better. But I'd like to keep him as a backup, personally. I think this is a difficult one, isn't it, James? Because I won't insult you by asking whether you keep Michelle Vaughan or not. So let's stay on the Gazaniga topic for a little bit longer. Is it fair to say that when he's played... He hasn't quite taken that opportunity and made it his own. You know, really, with Lloris being sort of fleeting out the team with injury, you'd sort of then make a hopeful case for Gazaniga to be so good, it makes Lloris to come in much harder. So therefore, has Gazaniga sort of spurned that opportunity or is he just fundamentally just a very decent backup goalkeeper? Yeah, mate, absolutely. You've taken the words right out of my mouth. I was, I was going to say Gazaniga's a, a quality second-choice goalkeeper. I think that's, that's what he is. Um, from start to finish, I think he's he's probably never never good enough to to really nail down um, that number one shirt in in a team as good as ours. Um, but he's also you know that kind of player that you want in the dressing room, uh, and you want to be able to fill in if if there was a, is ever an injury. I think he he played quite well towards the start of of Larice's injury period, but um, but it kind of tailed off a little bit. Um, a few rash errors. Um, which are, you know they are normal to see from a goalkeeper, but um, probably a few too many. Um, and I thought he, he, he isn't capable of the saves that that Larice is capable of that that do actually win you games. Um, on the subject of Hugo, I'm actually I'm a stick on on Hugo. I think he's I, I'd keep him 100%. I think even though he has got his he has got his moments in him, um, he does give us a heart attack every now and then. Um, but I think the guy has, has, has earned us so many invaluable points and given us more more good times than bad. And I think if if we were trying to replace Lloris um, in today's today's market, it would be a, a real substantial amount of money um, that would that would cost to, to get a goalkeeper who who would be of Lloris's level. 
Um, so I think you know that's money that needs to be invested elsewhere in the squad. Um, but I, I think I think if we were buy try, trying to buy someone of Larice's caliber, it, it costs us an arm and a leg. So why not keep Hugo? Um, I think he you know he's great for the dressing room. He's an experienced player. Um, he's won it all, um, and you know I, I, I really do think that he's he's capable of, of special things. Um, so I'd stick with Hugo. That's 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 my choice. He must be due a testimonial soon, though, Carl. When did he sign for the? I'd have thought, yeah, I'd have thought so. Now it's, it's got to be coming close, isn't it? Yeah. I think there'll be a few, there. There must be a few of them that. Uh, I mean, Danny Rose must be must be reasonably close as well. I'd have thought, wouldn't he? I, I can't see him getting one right now. Um, no, <laughs> even no. if he stayed, I can't see Levy <laughs> wanting to give him anything. Can you imagine that? <laughs> but I, I think Hugo would be would be close, wouldn't he? Um, that that's for sure. I, I, you know, I agree with what the guys say there about Gazaniga. You know, I had real high hopes for Gazaniga when he first came in. Um, but then I think, you know, the instances like the Chelsea game with a Kung Fu kick for some reason, um, just show that I, I don't think he can step up. Um, and like I say, I fully take on board what James has said there. You know, Hugo has been a, a massive part of our, you know, recent history and a great player. Um, I, I just think, you know, this is where we don't want to get into, say, like the Ericsson situation again, where suddenly we might be able to get some money for someone, but suddenly you keep them too long and then you're just kind of looking at getting nothing. Um, and, and there is a time where these players all have got a sell-by date and sometimes you have to take advantage of getting in before that um, and, and making something from it to be able to help you move on. Right, let's move further up the pitch. Let's go to the defence next. And Holly... Davinson Sanchez, surely there's no danger of any twisting there this summer? No, I think I'll, I'll stick him, basically. I think, for me, I don't think he's maybe as confident as some may think that he is at the back. I mean, obviously, his pace, and he has got us out of some sticky situations. I just think, like I said previously in previous pods, I think once we sort and finalise that back four out, I think everything will just click into place. I think everybody will start learning how each other play next to each other because at the moment like we say the likes of Jaffet Tanganga coming in and people just swapping back at the back we haven't really formalised our way of play yet and I think like you say Sanchez for me I think we're going to have to stick with I quite like him but I think he needs a little bit of work to come on a little bit more but like I said once we actually finalise that back four I think we'll be alright Yeah I think you're absolutely right in the sense that all great teams need a good centre-back pairing that play with each other nearly every week you know that continuity is such a an important bedrock of any team and we haven't quite got that at the moment and it's you know changing from week to week which is understandable because Mourinho's trying to work out his best combination but because of that the sort of the sum of the parts is that we're not seeing everyone at their best which is sort of frustrating but he's 23 so I think his best years are certainly still ahead of him you'd like to think so I think you're right in the sense that he stays this summer. James one Belgian I don't think we can make the decision because I think he's probably going to make it for himself that's Jan Vertonghen if it was up to you though would you stick or twist? I'd keep Jan. Um, I, th- I think you know we all thought he was done and dusted. You know, the other day, uh, and he, you know, had that look on his face. Uh, but I, I think he, he he's still got a place in this. Um, probably not as as a starting centre back or, or even a starting back. I think, but he's certainly got a space in the squad. I think he the fact that he can play left back, left wing back, and, and centre back. Um, is, is invaluable to us, you know, that kind of utility player who uh, can cover so many positions. And, you know, yeah, he might have lost a yard of pace, but 
Um, but you you wouldn't know when he gets in that that left wing back position. Sometimes I think he, you know, he, he going forward, he's he's still one of our best options at left back. He's he's probably one of the best deliverers of a cross in in the team. Uh, and yeah, and and as I say, you can also slot in as centre back next to next to Toby, one of his best mates, next to Sanchez, who um, he, he's he's you know he's been teaching for the last two years. Um, so you know, I, I think he probably will move on because he still thinks that he should be playing first team football. Um, but hopefully, you know, if it was down to me, I'd, I'd keep him around the squad for another year, maybe two, um, just until you know, until his race is is fully run, uh, and and then and then let him go. Um, but I still think he has he has a job to do, even if it is um, passing on his knowledge and, and passing on his experience to to other players. But I also think he's. Uh, yeah, a valuable utility player. You can cover cover positions, and and you know we've got a lot to play. So, um, even if you're not a first team starter, then then you're going to get plenty of minutes in in this Tottenham side because of how many competitions that we want to compete in. Okay, so if we consider that he's Belgian teammate Toby Adamirold signed a new contract recently, so I don't think he's really part of this stick or twist discussion. So, Carl, I'll give you another one. I'll give you Juan Foyth. He was very much a potch pet project, but will Mourinho fancy him? And will he ship him out this summer? Yeah, it's a real strange one with Foyth, isn't it? Because, you know, all of a sudden he looked like he was going to come into prominence this season, didn't he? At that right-back position that we was all talking about. Suddenly, you know, Potch trying him there and, you know, we might have found this player. Um, and he seems to just kind of dropped off a cliff, doesn't he, massively over the course of this season as it's gone on. Um, and when he has been given, you know, the odd appearance here and there, he kind of hasn't come in and excelled where you think, oh, yeah, you can really see it. But again, I think if you look along the Davinson Sanchez line, um, I think there's still a young player in there and possibly some potential. I think the one thing I would probably do with Foyth, which maybe this has held him back and something that I think if we look at our squad, there's a few players there that I, I don't think Pochi's method has worked too well for them. He could probably do it with a loan, um, where he gets some regular minutes for a full season out on loan somewhere and kind of, you know, and see if those, you know, a season on loan somewhere getting real first minutes and playing every week, he can suddenly develop because we have seen some potential with him. So for me, if we're going to keep Sanchez, I'd be keeping Foyth because I actually think Foyth is a player who I'd trust more than Sanchez um, giving him a game. You know, Sanchez still makes lots of basic mistakes and errors that are going to cost you. Um, so for me, I'd stick, but I think alone for a year would do Foyth the world of good. Yeah, because I think, obviously, if you look at the, I guess, log jam of centre-backs that are in front of him at the moment, you could, well, pretty much everyone, probably at the bottom of the pecking order. But that's not to say his career is over, but until we sort of work out what he can offer us, like you say, maybe, a, I don't know, someone like Crystal Palace for a season might be a perfect um, addition for them next time around, which then hopefully helps us further down the line. So let's go to full-back positions now. We've quite liked it in the, uh, well, in the ranks anyway, because most of them are on loan, but let's go with Ben Davis. Holly, would you stick or twist? I mean, we haven't really seen a lot of him this season, have we, with no. his injury and things? And it's quite a tough one to judge. I mean, obviously, like you said, with loads of fullbacks going out on loan, like Danny Rose and things, we haven't really got anyone left apart from Ben Davies, that is. So I don't know. It's a trouble with these fullbacks. I don't like on the other side, I don't like Serge either. So for me, I'd, I'd probably get rid of Ben Davies. But then you've got that situation again of who do you bring in? So I don't know. I'll probably twist with Ben Davies. I think we can do better. 
James, he's solid, dependable. I mean, he'll give you a 6 out of 10, which is no bad rating in any game. But is he going to be someone who really helps a team go for titles? You know, he's sort of not quite the, the calibre that we perhaps need to push up to the top echelons of the league table. I think it depends a lot on the system that, that, that we want to play. Um, I think, you know, Mourinho was um, was saying when he, when he first came into the club that Ben Davis was going to be such a, an important player because he wants to play that that kind of lopsided back four um, where one of his fullbacks uh, kind of sits back as the third centre-back. Um, that would have been Ben Davis, And then and then the right-back's allowed to, to kind of go and roam. Uh, that would have been Serge Aurier and somewhere that we... You know, that's somewhere we can definitely improve on. Um, but you know, if we are going to play back three with with a left wing back, then I, you, I struggle to see Davis playing there just just because of his. Um, you know, we want someone with a bit more pace, someone that can you trust more on the ball and and trust to to take on um, a defender. And and you know, you you think that'd be more like someone like Ryan Sessegnon. Um, you know, but. It doesn't mean that Ben Davis hasn't got a place in the squad, uh, if that's the case, because you know he can play that that left-sided centre-back role. Um, but yeah, it all depends on on our system. If we're playing a back four, I think he's quite a solid, safe left back, um, and, and and a good player to have in amongst the squad. But probably not um, the calibre that we want, and 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 we want someone who's got a bit a bit of a better delivery and um, someone who's capable of 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 causing the defenders on the other side a little bit more of a problem as well. And Carl, if we go to the other side of the uh, the pitch, Serge Aurier, would you stick or twist? Oh, I definitely twist on this one, Dan. There's no, there's no fear, you know. I mean, I, in all fairness to him, the guy hasn't been that bad since Jose's come in, you know, and he's had some good moments. I think the problem with Serge is just the fact that you know you can't rely on him to produce that week in, week out, and he's always got those moments about him, hasn't he? Um, I don't think his delivery is that great, you know, when we get into some really good positions and suddenly the cross is over, far over the back post or it doesn't beat the first man. Um, I just think both fullback areas are areas that I think those are the key areas we need to really focus on this summer. You know, get two good attacking fullbacks with some pace um, because that is the way the modern game's going, you know, players as well that can, you know, good delivery on them. Um, and, I, and I think that is what we will do as a club. I think those will be the two key areas that um, Jose will probably identify. Um, the one thing I would say is I, I think that, you know, if we go back to Davies' chat there for a minute, Davies is someone I'd actually keep purely as a squad player. For me, he'd be your League Cup or Europa League if we was to go into that fullback. Um, as we say, he's just solid, no nonsense. As long as all he is is a backup player who only comes in for the odd game here and there and maybe plays in the Cups um, and we get ourselves a flying left-sided player, a bit like when we had Danny Rose in his prime, then for me, I'd no problem with Ben Davies being there, given the fact, as James said earlier, he can play in that centre-back role. And that's why I'd stick with him rather than with Serge. I say straight away, I'd twist on Serge because he can only play that role. You know, they're, they're, he, if he was more adaptable, you might say keep him. But I just think he's too much of a liability and uh, we, we need to twist on Serge. OK, let's look at another player who offers a level of utility. Holly, that's Eric Dyer. Now, does the fact he can play in a number of positions, does that make him, what, what do they say, a jack of all trades, master and none? Would you stick or twist or would you sort of think that actually he could be our main defensive midfielder come next season? Uh, see, 
I really don't like Daya. I'm full of negative energy at the moment. <laughs> um, so if we're going, if we're talking about how Jose is taking him under his wing, I think he's molding him into what Jose wants. And to be honest, I think his defensive mind, I think, is probably something that we we lack at the minute and we quite need. I mean, if we were going to put him in the CDM role, I, I really don't enjoy it. But in that centre-back role, I think he plays all right. I don't know if I could see him playing there week in, week out. But the fact that he is versatile and if we really needed to play him in that CDM role, it's all happy days. But yeah, under Jose's wing, he's all right. I could probably see Jose moulding him more into what he wants and becoming a, a top player, shall we say. So I'd probably keep him. The thing I used to like about Eric Dyer is when we were under Poch in the, what, the 2016-17 seasons, when he used to play starting as a defensive midfielder, and drop back into that centre back position, and then we sort of then shifted to three at the back, five at the back, and it just gave you sort of versatility throughout a match. You weren't consigned to one formation, but at the moment he doesn't really seem to be sort of perfecting centre back role either. And then you sort of look at the options we've got, and could you then say that Dyer is one of your best two centre backs? Probably not. So you are sort of then scratching your head as to how to get the best out of him, James. So if we look at Oliver Skip, for example, younger, still a lot more in terms of potential, how far can he go? Would you stick or twist in terms of a loan move for the summer or would you make him part of your first-team squad and give him far more minutes? Well, I, I was in favour of uh, a loan move up until um, Skibby's couple of starts. Um, in the last few weeks, I thought he was absolutely brilliant when he, when he played. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I went from thinking, you know, he's, he's clearly not ready to be part of this first-team squad. He's, he needs the loan move away to get the minutes, etc., um, to watching those performances and seeing how um, mature the performances were and how, you know, just how how we really kind of fit our system as well. Um, to thinking now, I think he could, he could he's got quite a big role to play um, in our in our squad. Um, you obviously wouldn't jump straight away and say that he's a he's our new starting defensive midfielder. I, I wouldn't, you know, he probably still struggles um, to make the match day eleven. Um, but you know. In, in the absence of someone like Harry Winks, you know, if Winks ever picks up an, an injury, um, he, and Dombele clearly isn't um, isn't up to playing two games a week at all, so um, he's definitely got a, a role to play in uh, in that kind of driving in that engine room in in, in midfield. Um, so even though before I was I was very much in favour of going out on loan, maybe a loan to a to a Premier League um, if that became an option, but um, certainly. Keeping him around the first team squad and and uh, and keeping him at this level, he, he'd definitely benefit. I think he's a, he's a great little footballer and um, yeah, an, another one that we've managed to produce in the right mould. And Carl, we mentioned Undumbele at length last week. So just to anyone who didn't hear that show, is it fair to say that the assessment is don't twist this summer, but if things don't get good next season, then we start talking about him being shipped out. Yeah, I think with Ndombele, you know, we have to accept now that this season, you know, if there is any more season to be had, it is a write-off. Um, and what we have to hope now is that the guy can just have a summer refresh, another, a new pre-season where he kind of hits the ground running. But I think, you know, as we said last week, he will need to be explosive at the start of next season to really start convincing everyone that, yes, he just took a little while to adapt. Um, and if he can do that, and as we have all seen, there is a player in there um, and there are moments that make you go, oh, yeah, that that's good. And if he can produce that regularly, then we've got a real player. 
But I think if he suddenly started next season the way that he's been this season, then, you know, you would definitely have to say we've obviously, you know, we've, we've gone and done it again in the transfer market and brought a dud um, and then we need to ship out. But obviously, you, you're going to take a massive hit on there. So you've got to hope that he can just get himself sorted um, this summer, pre-season, and come back and be the player we all hope he is. You're kind of worried about the comments you're seeing from Joe Sado because you kind of think, you know, that that could turn nasty behind the scenes. Um, and we just have to hope they can resolve all that. And we finally see the player that we kind of, you know, everyone thinks we've got on our hands. But if not, yeah, we could have a lot of egg on our face, couldn't we? I think we could, yeah. I mean, Mourinho likes a, uh, a scapegoat or something to throw under the bus. There's always one per club. And you're just sort of hoping this could be, well, not hoping, actually, the most expensive scapegoat in history. Because 65 million is quite the, the transfer bust when you think about it. He's 23. Lo Celso is also 23. Now, I don't think anyone here is willing to twist in terms of the Argentine. So let's move on to Harry Winks, a player that will always split opinion. I don't care what he sort of does. He'll always have his detractors, but also a lot of fans. So, Holly, what camp do you sit in? More importantly, would you stick or twist? I love Winks. And I've, I've obviously, I've loved Winks ever since he played his first game for Tottenham. But at the minute, he's, he's really troubling me. Like... He makes rash challenges here and there. He can't really seem to pass the ball. But then I think to myself, who's he got to pass to? No one's coming to feet to win the ball. No one's making those runs in behind. So I'd like to keep him just at the fact because he's a Tottenham lad through and through. And I think his time will come again. He's definitely not over. I wouldn't ship him out. I think once we get the new season underway or whether the season continues, I think when Jose's got his proper plan, I think Harry Winks will be part of that plan. Musa Sissoko, James, 30 years old. They say he's, if he had a sort of selling value, about 25 million. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. However, would you want to test that? Would you stick or twist with Musa this coming summer? Um, I think it's it's one where I think a, a bid would, would certainly interest Tottenham. I think if, if say, Daniel Levy got offered um, a chance to recoup some of the £35 million he paid for him, um, he, he might take it. Um, that said, I still think, you know, like I've said with a few, they're around the squad. They're good squad players. Um, I think the the problem um, isn't the guy that we've got in at the. I think it's just the fact that they're that they're not quite there with the quality in the first team. So, some you'd want um, maybe coming off the bench to to provide a little bit of energy. Um, the fact that you can play. He could probably play two ninety-minute games a week when he's when he's fully fit because he's, he is such a machine. Um, he's massively helpful, um, and he's you know he's come on leaps and bounds the last few years. Um, Mourinho was was playing in more in more of an attacking role um, than what Pochettino saw him as, uh, which you know we we'd never really got to see him there too much, but uh, it's certainly an option. Um, uh, yeah, I, I do just think if, if someone came in with a with a thirty million pound offer, then he'd be tempted to sell up. Um, personally, yeah, I'd, I'd stick with him. Um, I think he, he he kind of gets us going quite a lot on the break. He's, he's, he's even though his technical ability isn't quite there, he's he's a massive engine um, for us, uh, and his and his energy is really really important to the way that we want to play. Um, but, yeah, I think it would be a different one if someone came in for him. Um, but for me, uh, for now, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly stick with him. OK, here's a couple of players that have been brought in this summer. 
or sorry, this season. So they're not really going to be up for debate or stick or twist. So what I want to get is a sort of assessment of what they've done so far. Carl, for you, get some Fernandez. What's been your take on him so far? It's been sort of fleeting minutes, but is there much we can get excited about? Is there more still to come? Yeah, this is a strange one, isn't it, with him? Because I, I don't think we've seen enough to kind of make you go either one way or the other that, yes, I'd be desperate for him to stay or would I be too fussed if he wasn't with us next season? Um, there's been some good moments. There's been some bad um, I can't see that move being made permanent, if I'm honest, next season. You know, I don't see him having the ability to stay with us. Um, and to be honest with you, I would probably look for a more proven player that can come in and actually start doing a job permanently. So I, I don't think we'll we'll see him still there next summer. I think that loan won't be extending. It'll go back to Benfica. Um, you know, I, I've got some Benfica supporters who were actually quite surprised that he came to us because they were saying, you know, we, we haven't seen nothing special in him um, since he came to us, started well, but then faded. Um, and they were really surprised that we'd taken him on. Um, so, yeah, he hasn't been bad but I don't think he's going to have the quality that we're looking for if you want to progress. And Holly? I think he, he, he's got um, he's got quite a big sell-on clause, hasn't he? I think, uh, not sell-on clause, um, the, the buyout clause at the end of the loan, I think is, is quite a big, uh, quite, you know, it's quite expensive. So for a player like that and playing in that position as well, um, we kind of did really want to see that he was going to come over and be something really special for, for the money that, um, that that we would potentially be playing paying for him. So, yeah, for me, like he, he, I think he's been he's been pretty decent since he's come over. Um, it, it, there's been a few moments in it where he's been he's been very. Um, the kind of money that's being banded around, there are huge gaps in our squad that need addressing um, before someone like Jason Fernandez comes into the team. You know. Uh- I think a, that, that sort of backs up your Sissoko argument as well, James, because if you were telling me, would I want to buy Jensen Fernandez or keep Sissoko, I think Sissoko could probably do just as good a job as him um, and it wouldn't cost us no money. Absolutely. And, and you know, that, that's exactly the same thing about Hugo Lloris. You know, we could, it's not a priority uh, in terms of, you know, we haven't, we're not going to have a big transfer kitty. And so if we're prioritising replacing someone like Hugo Lloris or replacing Musa Sissoko, you know, there's, there's much bigger fish to fry. You know, we, we need to sort our defence out. There's, there's full-backs that need getting. There's, there's players in other positions that need getting more. So um, if, if it was, you know, the odd 10 or 15, 20 million for, for Jetson, I think, yeah, he's a, he's a great squad player. Uh, absolutely. And he's young, you know. He's got, he's got his whole career ahead of him. Um, but... Then again, if that if that's taken away uh, from from the transfer kit and other positions, then what's the point? You know, we've got we've got bigger things to worry about. Holly, so Getson Fernandez is twenty one. Another player who got shipped in this season, Ryan Sessegnon. He's nineteen, but he hasn't really quite hit the sort of expectations that we were hoping. You know, a decent hand at Fulham. Haven't quite seen that yet. Would you twist early? Is there more to come from him? What's your take? I'd definitely give him a bit more time. I mean, like you say, he's still very young and. Well, he had an injury when he came to us in the first place. So I don't think he's really hit the ground running as such. So I would definitely try and keep him for a bit longer. Like you say, he can play in that fullback position if you really needed him to. But I think he is more of a winger. But like you say, it all depends on what Jose wants to play again, what style of football he wants to play. So for me, I think I'd definitely keep him. I think it's too early to write him off just yet. There's lots of other players around him that I'd definitely get rid of first. 
Okay, let's go to the attacker unit now. Now, some I think we've obviously covered in terms of like Harry Kane, Hyunbin Song, Stephen Bergvine, another one you wouldn't ship out this early. You know, <laughs> we've hardly got any strikers anyway, so don't sell loads of them. But there's two that are perhaps questionable as to their long-term futures. And one of them, James, is Lucas Moura. Obviously, Amsterdam and all that, but how much longer can he live off that one night? I think he, he gets um, an unnecessary amount of stick, actually. I, I think Lucas Moura, he, 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 you can just never knock him. He, you know, he, he's, he always absolutely runs himself into the ground. And I know, I know that isn't enough for a lot of people. We are, we're, a, we're a Champions League-level team, and so someone just trying their hardest is, is the bare minimum that we should expect. But he, in, in a high, if we want to play this high press, he leads that press, you know. He is the one who who's sprinting 100 miles an hour across their back four to close the ball down. Uh, and I think if you take him out of our uh, out of our squad this season, then we we really do struggle for for goals. We struggle for for options up front. So I think I think he deserves a, a lot more credit than he actually gets. Um, bearing in mind he isn't an out and out striker, and that's where he's been playing um, for for what like you know nearly a year, well nearly two years now. Um, he even said it himself that that's not really where he wants to be playing, but he's still doing a job for us. Um, I, I think you know he's a, he's a, I think he's a really tidy little footballer. He, he also um, is better on the ball than than people give him credit for. I think it was I think it was a Villa away this season where he was he was dropping back almost as a number ten, almost into centre midfield just because he was hungry for the ball. He wants the ball. And he wants to he wants to make things happen, and he, he is capable of beating players you know he hasn't got the best first touch in the world world um but he's got a great right foot on him uh, and he's you know he always wants to, to take the ball forward and he's a real positive player so although he's again he's he's not starting 11 quality for me um but someone of that caliber coming off the bench um that energy that that speed um you know he's he really would hurt hurt teams if he if, if he's coming off the bench to make a difference um, so you know, I'd absolutely stick with him, uh, and and you know, as long, uh, as long as he he wants to stay with Tottenham and wants to keep giving 100 percent the way he is, then he's got a real real role to play. And I say there's plenty of minutes in this team. Cole, is that an assessment you agree with, or have you got a counterpoint? What's your take? No, I, you know, in some senses, I agree with that. You know, I don't think he's the quality that you start games with. Um, you know, he can have his moments, but. He, I think, is is a kind of player that causes some of our problems over the last few years. You know, he's a one in four player. You know, he had one great game followed by two or three just average games or games where you could sit there and suddenly go, was Mora even playing? Um, and, you know, if, if you want to win things and push on, you need to have players who even their average games are contributing. But I agree with James in the sense, if you ask me, I'd still want him and keep him. And I think you use him as a squad player. He comes off the bench and when, you know, defenders are tiring. And then I think you see the best out of him. And given, obviously, the competitions we're in and the games we'll play, he'd be useful to have around the squad um, for those sort of cup competitions or, like, say, the last 25 minutes of a game when people are tiring um, and you might want to give someone like Kane or Son a rest. So I'd definitely keep him in and around the squad. But again, that's on the proviso that you're bringing in something better um, to kind of be a first, you know, first 11 regular. Now, he's 27. Holly, Eric Lamella's 28. Now, we all know about his lengthy injury history and the false starts and the, the hope and all that that doesn't quite sort of come to fruition. 
So, a big question. Eric Lamella, is this the final season we'll have for him? Would you stick or twist? I think it's a, it's a basic metaphor for our club at the moment, Injury FC. And I think he's been the biggest injury person I've ever even known. For me, I think his time is up. Yes, OK, he does make an impact when he comes off the bench. Yes, he does roll players up. But like I said, if we get a decent person in for him, like you said, like this whole money incident, the whole Ericsson thing as well, we left it too late. Are we going to leave Lamela too late to move on? I'm not quite sure. For me, I'm going to have to twist, I think. It's just a matter of, OK, mate, you've had a lot of injuries and you haven't really managed to build yourself back up again. And yet again, it's another season of, OK, you'll play this week, but I'll be injured the next week. So for me, I think we've got to get rid of him. Well, you also have to take into account that he's not getting any younger and the more you get injured, the longer you get to uh, to recover or, to, or spend time on the uh, treatment table. So, yeah, I think, obviously, people like Lemela, he's a bit of a cult hero, isn't he? But he seems to be not really living up to that status either. It's like, what are you actually offering us at the moment? Another question for you, Holly, actually. Jack Clark, is he ever going to feature for Spurs? Obviously, he's on loan at the moment, but not a Mourinho signing. And when that happens, when you have a transition of manager... You're working with someone else's player, you know, it's not really my doing. Can you see any sort of future for Jack Clark at Tottenham? Or is he going to be one of these perennial loanees and then just fizzled out into the Championship and sent on his way? I think it was just a weird move to start with. The fact that we bought him and then shifted him out back on loan straight away. I think, I don't know, it was another one of those things where I'm like, are you really actually planning for the future or are you just trying to... I don't know, it was really odd. So for me, the fact that it wasn't under Jose and it was under this... Potch idea again I I really don't know I don't think we'll see much of him if I'm honest I don't think he's gonna really play any minutes under Tottenham I could be wrong but right now I don't think it's gonna happen yeah I just don't see it because you know you could understand if he was burning up the championship this season you think yes there's a hot prospect I can't wait to get back him you know get him in the Premier League and see what he's all about but he's not even really doing anything at championship level so you think like well what is he all about but you know he's still young there is time but it's very hard for him to sort of sell himself at the moment. Talking of selling, James, two full-backs, you can have both of these, Danny Rose, Carl Walker-Peters, will they both ever, or either, wear Tottenham colours again? I think that there's there's a glimmer of hope for uh, for Carl Walker-Peters. I think he um, he obviously had, had potential um, for a very long time. I think he was criminally mismanaged by Pochettino and, and his team. Um you know, the the guy went away and won what what was it the, the under twenties World Cup, um, uh, was playing for the under twenty ones, was playing well, and you know I, I remember reading that he'd he'd played more minutes for England than he had for for Tottenham over over a certain length of time. He, you know, he had that season where he was he was man of the match on the first day of the season, and then man of the match again on the last day of the season, but didn't play at all in in between. Yeah, you know, it's it was just such a weird, weird one. Um, you just think he must he must not be showing enough off the field um, for for Pochettino to to have had a go on him. Um, but you know, this is a big opportunity now for him at Southampton. Uh, they're a you know they're a tidy outfit. They're they're playing some really good football at the moment, um, and you just hope that he'll be able to hold down that that right back position. They were in dire need of a right back playing. They were playing James Ward Prowse there instead, so. Um, you just you just hope that he'd get a he'd string of game and, games under his belt, and Tottenham do recall him uh, and and kind of unleash that potential that, that has clearly been there for so long. Um, on the other hand, Danny Rose is at the other end of his career. Um, 
he he clearly has, has fallen out with with the Tottenham hierarchy. Um, he spoke about how um, he knew he was out as soon as as soon as Mourinho entered the club, uh, and you know you just think there's a little bit too much love lost between Danny Rose and Tottenham. For, for anything to, positive to come of that, you know the the interviews about googling players, the you know the the supposed unrest in the in the changing room being caused by him, and you know you, you just think there's there's a little bit too much history there. It's like a you know it's like a an ex girlfriend that there's just too much too much has gone wrong with them. You just need to kind of leave that one lie and uh, and and you know just remember remember the good times because there was. And there was a point where he and Kyle Walker um, were two two of the best attacking fullbacks in in the world, um, and unfortunately, what not sure what it was down to, but but Danny just kind of fell off a cliff a little bit, uh, and and on his way down, he he was just you know clutching at straws to to try and rescue to kind of you know take take the attention off himself a little bit I think so. Uh, yeah, too much love lost between uh, Tottenham and Danny Rose. So I, I feel like he'll either make permanent that move to Newcastle, or um, or he'll head on head on somewhere else. Uh, but Kyle Walker Peters, it all depends on uh, how how he finds his feet at Southampton, and and hopefully if if he does kind of pick up a little bit of form there, then uh, then he'll be able to come back to the club and, and solve our our own right back problem. Right, let's save the best for last. It's probably the uh, most controversial talking point of them all because it's Delhi Alley. Now, transfer marks say he's worth £80 million. Carl, if you're Daniel Levy and a Premier League chairman knocks on your door or rings on the phone, maybe sends you a fax, I don't know. I think they still send faxes in this day and age. If someone comes in with an £80 million bid, would you stick or would you twist? Uh, I'd twist, Dan. I, th- you know, I think I, I, I've made it very clear that for me... Uh, Deli Ali is the one player that if you look through, if you like what we consider to be our real key assets um, and you'd probably put him in there, I think he's the one that you could probably afford to get rid of for the right money if it was reinvested fully into the transfer kitty and you could bring in, say, some players to replace him. I've said before, you know, I think he's the player that we should probably use to kind of be what, you know, Liverpool did with Coutinho and and make some extra transfer funds that you might be able to push the club on if you just bring in the right players. I think we said before, the worry we think we'd all got is that I wouldn't want to see him sold and then that money then go and be spent on, say, you know, two or three 18-year-olds who've got possible potential. You know, if you told me we could sell Deli Alley this summer and bring in Jack Grealish, then I'd bite your hand off and I'd say, yes, that's twist because that's a move I think we'd become better because of. Um, so for me, if it's right, I'd twist on this one. Holly, do you agree with Cole's big transfer dealings this summer or would you keep the, uh, the 23-year-old within the Tottenham ranks? I mean, I agree with Carl to an extent. I mean, yes, okay. if we were to trade them in, basically, and get money to buy the correct players rather than do our usual thing and buy prospects, I mean, I'd definitely be down for it. But then I look look back and see what Delhi's actually done for the club and the amount of goals he scored and how young he is and the fact that he's an England international. And then I also look at his attitude as well. I think his attitude stinks. And I think at the minute that's why... His footballing isn't that great. But, yeah, it's a tough one. Like Carl said, if we manage to sell him, because he is an asset, and get money for him and then spend that money wisely, I'm down for it. But 
if we did a normal Tottenham thing and not invest in the right players, I would definitely keep him because he does have those moments of brilliance. It's just when those moments of brilliance happen. I guess, James, it always comes with a big caveat, doesn't it? And it's, yes, you could get that money, it's 80, 100 million, what have you, but you have to spend it wisely. And you only have to remember how we spent that Gareth Bale money to show how it can be spent very badly. So there's no guarantees. There never is in the transfer market. It's always a little bit more difficult when you're trying to spend the big money that's just come in. But in this sort of scenario, could you see Tottenham actually buying better calibre players? Or do you have to consider that the ship is perhaps sailing in the wrong direction with the fact we're sort of going backwards in the league table? Therefore, it's probably harder to then get top-tier players that you would then need to replace him. Yeah, I think certainly missing out on, on top-level European football would would be a massive blow for us in, in terms of drawing players in. But, you know, there's still a lot at Tottenham to, to draw those kind of players in. Um, you know, even if we were playing Europa League football, that's still um, a good level of European football. It's not the top level, of course, but it's... You know, it's better than nothing. Um, it's still going to attract certain certain players, and we talk about it all the time. But you know, look at that stadium. Um, look at the players that we do have on show. Um, Jose Mourinho too. There's 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 a lot of drawing factors into to wanting to come and play for Tottenham. Um, for for me, one of the biggest caveats about Delhi is that if we did let him go, you just know for a fact that he'd go and he'd be a success somewhere else. Um, it's just one of them about maybe he just wants a fresh environment to play in. He's, he's gone a little bit stale here. And it is painful to, to, to kind of know in the back of your head that you know that if, if he did leave um, and we did recoup that money, but he would go and he'd, he'd be fantastic elsewhere. We'd be watching highlights of him um, scoring goals for PSG or scoring goals for, for Juve or uh, whoever whoever it was who, who took a gamble on him. Um but you know the guys are absolutely right. We we need to we'd need to put that money straight back into the squad, and it couldn't be, um, you know these these kind of prospect players. It'd have to be someone proven. It'd have to be someone who can immediately come in and and fill the shoes of of someone like Deli Ali, who who's done so much for Spurs. Um, he's been so so impressive, but has sadly just kind of just lost that kind of that knack that. Um, for scoring goals for for maybe maybe we put it down to to the system that we're playing with but you know you look back at some of his highlights real is some of the goals he was scoring a couple of years ago um you know he was absolutely untouchable and and now you you're questioning if if England um, do go to a European championship for the next couple of years whatever it's going to be um is he going to be in that squad and you know you look at players like James Madison you look at Jack Grealish these are young English players who are making things happen for their clubs and, and Delhi isn't amongst one of those players. So uh, it's, it's a real tough one. I, I, I hope he rediscovers some form um, because he is unplayable on his day. But it's just it's a very, very difficult one. I think if if you if you uh, if you put 80 million pounds underneath Daniel Levy's nose, um, I think he'd take it. Uh, but, you know, it. it a lot can change in six months in football. So in six months' time, we might um, listen back to this podcast when, when Deli Ali is one of the top scorers in the Premier League and, and say, weren't we all stupid for saying that we should sell Deli Ali? Carl, on the basis of his recent performances, is he even worth 80 million? You know, 
James is saying about the likes of PSG and Juventus willing to take a gamble, but they seem to take a gamble when players go out of contract. Let's take Aaron Ramsey as an example. So would anyone actually be prepared to spend big money or would they just wait until a contract comes to an end and then reap the benefits? I still think someone would be prepared to take the risk on Delhi. I feel for Delhi at the moment in this, you know, recent games because it's it's clear he's not a striker, um, and I don't think he's enjoying being put in that position by Jose where he's up top. Um, I think he wants to drop deeper, and we'd probably get more out of him by letting him come deeper and just playing some like Mora up where we're trying to play Ali at the moment. Um, I just think we've come to a time where, you know, we might have to make a brave call in that sense that, yes, we wouldn't ideally want to sell him. And if he was still the player, he was breaking into the box and scoring goals. And we know that could still be the player he he, he becomes. Um, but, you know, there comes a time sometimes we have to be brave and just say, right, OK, it might be that we have to sell someone that we didn't really want to sell. Um, to help us improve. And that's where I think we are with, with Delhi at the moment because he's the one out of all the other players around that I wouldn't want to get rid of Son. I wouldn't want to take that risk with Son. I wouldn't want to take that risk with Kane. Um, and he is the natural one that I think you still get a decent amount of money for. I think there will still be a big club that are prepared to take that chance on him. Um, and I think it could benefit us. I guess you know some of this will depend where Poch maybe ends up. Um, you know, maybe next season because Poch might still fancy him. Um, and for all we know, you know, wherever Poch rocks up, if he's got a decent enough transfer kitty, then don't be surprised if we see him come back to try and raid us for a couple of those players. And if we're on a downward spiral, um, you could see a few of those players have their heads turned by him and think, well, yeah, let's remember the good times. We might be able to get back to that here. Um I just think we've got to be brave with him. You know, we didn't do it with Christian Eriksen. We let that one run and run. And then we've, we've seen what's happened there. I don't think we want to get caught out by this again. And as much as we all love these players, there does come a time where you have to think, you know, Liverpool were brave. They would never, if you ask a Liverpool supporter, would you get rid of Coutinho? They'd have said you was mental. But look at where they are now. Um, and that's basically off the back of that. So I think we've got to try and maybe follow that and see if we can do the same thing. Yep, it might just need a bold approach. Who knows? Potch, if you're listening, hands off. I know you're a fan of the show. Right, I think that's <laughs> it, actually. I think we've gone through all the players, all the sort of the big names. Apologies if you're Cameron Carter-Vickers and you didn't get discussed. I think he's on loan somewhere again. So I think that's going to be the case for, for life for poor old Cameron. But yes, that's about it. Um, not the usual show, but it's not been a usual week or world that we're living in at the moment. So, of course, I need to thank my guests, Holly, thank you as always. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, no, it was really good. I always love coming on and talking with you guys. Fantastic. And James, same to you, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cheers to everyone listening. Obviously, stay safe out there. Yes, of course. And Cole, thanks to you as always, mate. I hope you uh, are enjoying the uh, the life of no football. Oh, I'm not enjoying it, Dan, but uh, and no, no Spurs defeat is going down quite nicely in my household. I think the missus is pleased. There's no stress levels have gone down. But obviously, as James said there, you know, everyone just, just look out for each other and uh, stay safe out there. Absolutely. I mean, in terms of a podcast next week, um, I can't guarantee one, only because I'm not sure what we're going to do. So this is where we put the, uh, the plea outs to you guys. If there's any ideas or something you want us to do a show about, just hit us up. You can tweet me, at DanTracy1983. Get in touch. Any ideas, we'll take them on board. And we'll probably have a show, if not next week, week after or something, just to keep us sort of sane, keep us in some routine of something, you know, just try and chat about 
Tottenham, even though there's no football. Right, with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Stan Tracy, and as always, come on you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.